So today's question, that big question, does life have purpose? And so I'd like to turn to a book in the Bible that uh, I believe spends the, almost the entire book asking and answering that question. And it's the book of Ecclesiastes. It's found in the Old Testament, and it's written by King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of King David. And Solomon, we're told, was the wisest man that ever lived. And we see his history written out in the book of Kings, but we also see it written out throughout Scripture, and we understand that he was extremely wise because the world came to his doorstep to hear what he had to say. From all over the world, people recognized that Solomon had wisdom that no other man had. And it's no surprise that Solomon probed deep questions and wrestled with some deep questions, and this is one of the questions that he wrestled with. Does life have meaning? And if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you can come away with a couple of different understandings of what he has to say. And so this morning, I'd like to take us through, not the entire book of Ecclesiastes, but just through a bit of it so we can get a taste for what Solomon is saying to help us understand and answer this question, does life have purpose? So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open them this morning. I will always want to encourage you to bring your Bibles with you. Uh, it's a great place to write notes. I mean, you can actually write in the margins of your Bible. It's okay to do that, and um, you're good. And then you can also write paper and stick it in there. It's a great place to study when you go home. So this morning, I'm going to be reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, which kind of gives us a synopsis of what he's going to say, but it doesn't give us a fully flushed out understanding of what he has to say. And I'm going to be reading from the NIV version, so you can follow along with me on the screen. It says, I, the teacher was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Really? Life is meaningless? Life has no purpose? Is that what Solomon's saying? Does life have meaning? Watch this. Why were we put here? I think everyone wants to know, why were we put here? Why are we on earth? My purpose in life is to, um, to live a normal life, to, to be uh, a citizen, a productive citizen. Intentar pasar por la vida de la manera más desapercibida posible. I don't fully know why I'm here, but I enjoy that. I enjoy knowing that because then that creates endless possibilities for myself. I would like to make a difference, even if it's only in one life. I'd prefer to do more. Because I think the meaning of life, in my opinion, is to find something that you're passionate about and use that passion to make the world around you a better place. So does life have purpose? How would you answer that question? Before you answer that question, let me explain where I'm headed. I believe there's actually two questions here, and we read, can read two questions here. What do I mean? The first question is, does my life have purpose? That's exactly how it was answered in the video, right? Does my life have purpose? But there's a bigger question here. Does life, all of life, 
Does mankind, is there an objective purpose for all of mankind? Is there this overarching purpose that we all live under? And that is sort of a different question. But I believe it's the first question that we should ask. And so I'm going to capitalize that word life so that we understand that, first of all, we're going to talk about why, does, why is it we believe life has a purpose? Because I believe we need to answer that question first. That's the most important question because we can't answer the second question until we fully understand the answer to the first question. We cannot fully understand if my life has a purpose if we don't understand if life itself has a purpose. So we need to make sure that we get the order correct because it makes a difference. It's when we get the order out of sync, when we seek to answer that second question first that all kinds of anxiety and angst and relationship problems enter our life. That's the angst that Solomon was feeling because he was trying to answer the question too. As you, as you see him explain his life, he sought to answer that second question first in the things that I do, how I work, my relationships, my strength, my, my, my possessions. He tried to explore, was there ultimate meaning in life in these things? And his conclusion at the end of the day was, that's a chasing after the wind. There is no ultimate meaning to life in these things. These things can be taken away. In fact, they go away. It's a chasing after the wind in these things. And that's what he concludes. That if we try to find the overall purpose to meaning in these things, we'll never find it. And the angst that he felt in his life came as a result of him chasing after the second question to answer the first. Don't we do the same thing? We look at that question and the first thing we think of is, what's my purpose? Without considering the first question. Is there a purpose for all of mankind? Is there a bigger question that I need to answer first? And by doing that, we cause ourselves all kinds of problems and relational problems and anxiety in our life. And we do so because we don't even ask the question. We've grown indifferent to this question. Does it really matter? Or maybe we've never been taught the significance of this question, or, or we just don't believe it's a valid question. Or possibly, I don't think I could ever answer the question. I think it's such a big question. I don't know that there's ever, you could ever say there's an answer to this question. So we have grown indifferent to the question. We just don't ask it. And surveys bear that out. One of the most recent surveys said that only one out of five high school students ask this question seriously. That means 80% of high school students don't ask the question. And only one out of three college students ask the question, which means 67% of college students don't ask the question. And that stays about consistent through midlife until you start to reach older ages. And that actually goes down. We, we tend to ask the question less. The study says that is except for the Niners. You get that? 29, 39, 49, when you start to get eerily close to that next decade, then all of a sudden this question becomes a little bit more meaningful, and you start to ask this question. But then as the decade goes on, we become indifferent. And as our culture, we become indifferent to the question because we just don't ask the question. 
So today we want to look at the question. We want to look at the question, and we not only want to look at the question, we want to look at the answers to the question. And there are only two answers to this question. Either life does have meaning or it doesn't. There's no if or, well, it's, there are two answers. Yes, life has purpose. No, life does not have purpose. And we want to look at answers to this question. But we don't only want to look at the answers to this question. We want to look at the implications of the answers to this question. Because that's really where the hard work is. When you trace out the implications of answering yes, and when you trace out the implications of answering no, do you fully understand the importance of that question? So often, we answer questions and we never consider the implications of our answers. I'll give you an example. When your dad comes to you for the very first time and says, Tony, would you love to cut the grass? And you're like, I would love to cut the grass. Only to find out later he meant for the rest of your life. <laughs> and then if you'd have really traced out the answer to that question, you'd have said, well, maybe not. Maybe, Dad, you should cut the grass. And I'll do it when I have my own house and save myself about 20 years of labor. We don't always trace out the implications to those answers. And therefore, we don't fully appreciate the question. And so this morning, I'd like to do both. I'd like to look at the answers, but I'd also like to look at the implications for those answers. What does it mean when we say yes? What does it mean that we say no? Because I believe when we do that, we'll fully appreciate the significance of this question, and I think, therefore, next week's question, does God exist, becomes the most important question when we fully appreciate this question and, their, and its answers. So, let's begin. So, does life have a purpose? Here's how I would answer it. Apart from God, life has no purpose. And when I say God, I'm talking about the God of the Bible. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. That God, apart from him, life has no purpose. Now, you might agree with me or you might disagree with me, but you probably would expect that would be my answer. At least, I hope you'd expect that to be my answer. In fact, that is my answer. Apart from God, life has no purpose. But you know, Christians are not the only ones that believe that. Atheists believe the same thing. They do. When you trace out the implications to the answer that there is no God, life has no purpose. That's the atheistic position. That this world came into existence by accident, time plus matter plus chance, there is no God. Scientists have discovered that this life begins and this life ends. And there is no God, there is no meaning, there is no purpose. As you come into existence, you go out of existence. Nothing changes. That's the cold, hard fact of the universe from a materialistic, atheistic viewpoint when you trace out the implications for that answer. No. Now, not all atheists would say that. And I would say that because they haven't fully traced out the implications to the answer, no. What does they mean when they say no? But some have. 
some very brilliant men and women have explored that question and understood the implications of that answer. Modern-day atheist Richard Dawkins, maybe you've heard of him. He's, he's an author, he's brilliant, he's a philosopher, and he's the author of one of the most popular books in our culture called The God Delusion, where he goes around to college campuses teaching that book, saying the belief in God is a delusion. And this is his conclusion as an atheist, as he's traced out the implications. In a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt, other people are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it nor any justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we would expect if, it, if there is, at bottom, no design, no God, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. That is the true worldview of the atheist. And he's not the only one that's truly sought out the implications to the answer no. Many before him have been honest and answered the question the same way. Science has shown us, has learned, that the universe came into existence, and it's been expanding since that time, and it will keep expanding. And at some point in the future, this galaxy will be so spread out that it will become cold. There will be no life in the universe, and eventually this universe will go out of existence at some point in the future, which means at some point in the future, all life on this planet will cease to exist prior to that event happening. This Earth will go out of existence, not only this Earth, but Mars and every other planet in the solar system and every other star in the galaxy and the universe will at some point in the distant future go out of existence. But Jesus said, heaven and Earth is passing away. And so when the atheist looks at that predicament, apart from God, they say, there can't be any meaning to this life. Because what came into existence will go out of existence, will never be for it, will be again. So what difference does it make if the universe ever came into existence or not? Because in the beginning there was nothing, in the end there's nothing. What difference does this time period make? In fact, They've traced it out and said, so what difference do you make? What difference do I make? Because I never was. I came into existence, and when I die, I go out of existence, never to be heard from, seen again. So what difference does it make of whether I lived or not? What difference does it make how you live? Because there's no justice. It doesn't make any difference if you're Adolf Hitler or Mother Teresa. Because there's no difference. There's no purpose. There's no meaning. There's no justice. There's no good. There's no evil. I can't say that killing babies is wrong because that's just my opinion because there is no objective truth. There is no giver of purpose. Therefore, life as a whole and life individually is meaningless. It's pointless. The atheist answers this question by saying, no, life does not have a purpose. It does not have a purpose. So my question is, how do you live that way? How do you live with that worldview that says 
life has no purpose? How do you consistently live under that weight of life has no meaning? Richard Dawkins wrestles with that question. And the way he answers it is, I find my meaning by setting people free from the delusion that God exists. That's where I find my purpose. But didn't he say life has no purpose? Didn't he say life has no meaning? So how is that even significant? Other philosophers like Kierkegaard and Friedrich Nietzsche came to the same conclusion as Dawkins does, that this life has no meaning. But that didn't stop them from asking the question, but so that how do I find meaning if meaning doesn't exist? Philosopher and, and apologist Francis Schaeffer talked about it this way. How does the atheist live happily in this life? And he says it this way. He says, the atheist, the modern man, lives in this two-story universe. And I want to read to you what he says so I get it clear. He says, modern man lives in a two-story universe. In the lower story is the finite world without God. Here, life is absurd, without purpose, as we've seen. In the upper story are meaning, value, and purpose. Now, modern man lives in the lower story because he believes God does not exist. But he cannot live happily in such an absurd world. Therefore, he continually makes leap of faith into the upper story to affirm meaning, value, and purpose even though he has no right to since he doesn't believe God exists. What Francis Schaeffer is saying is that the atheist cannot live a happy and consistent life. Because if you live consistently within that worldview, you will not be happy. But if your wish is to live happily, you cannot live consistently in your worldview. You have to borrow from another worldview. You cannot live both a happy and consistent life as an atheist. And what's interesting, when I say to you that life has no meaning, doesn't something inside of you sort of like go, whoa, not so sure I agree with that. That's exactly the position of the atheist. This is what William Lane Craig, a Christian apologist and philosopher, says today. He says, modern man thought that when he had gotten rid of God, he had freed himself from all that repressed and stifled him. Instead, he discovered that in killing God, he had also killed himself. For if there is no God, then man's life becomes absurd. That's the true tracing out, exploring the implications to the answer, no. When you answer, no, life has no ultimate meaning, what you're ultimately saying is, all life, has no purpose. All life is chasing after the wind. There is no meaning. This life is absurd. So why is it that the atheist, and I say all of us, not just the atheist, are repulsed by that idea that your life is meaningless, what you do doesn't count? You're telling me that my, my kids are meaningless, that they don't matter for anything? You're telling me that my loved one's life doesn't mean anything? Why is it we all 
as the woman said, I think we all ask those questions. Why is it we ask those questions? Why does it seem like mankind is pre-programmed to ask those questions? Why am I here? Where did I come from? How should we live then? And what happens when we die? Does life just end? Do we go out of existence? Is there more to life? Why is it that we are the species on this planet that ask that question? And why are we repulsed by the notion that it's meaningless? Even the atheist can't live under the weight of that implication. I believe it's because God has put it on your heart. That's what God's Word says. Solomon concludes in Ecclesiastes 3 that God has planted eternity, a sense of the divine, his understanding in, your, in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. God has placed the knowledge of himself in every human heart. That this life is not all there is. That there is an eternal purpose to life. And something on the inside of us, in our soul, knows that. That's why we react to that statement that life is meaningless. That's why it's so repulsive to think that my life and the things that I do don't matter. That's what Solomon was saying as we return to his book. He's saying, if we get that question out of order, if we really truly understand the question, and we're indifferent to that bigger question, as he was for a good portion of his life, we'll come to that absurd life that everything in this life is meaningless because it's just a chasing after the wind. Solomon, while he agrees with Richard Dawkins, doesn't quite, because he does believe there is a God. He encountered that God. He understands what God has told him, as he tells us throughout his book, that there is meaning in this life. There's not only meaning to life, not only does life matter, not only does life have a purpose, but your life has a purpose. The things you do in life have a purpose. Your family has a purpose. Your job has a purpose. Everything you do has purpose because this life has purpose. It doesn't end at the grave. There's an eternity that we have been given an opportunity to participate in. There's an eternity that God has waiting those that believe in him. Solomon understood that that life has an eternal purpose, and he finally came back to that understanding and that realization that that's the first and most important question. Because without the answer to that question, every other answer about my life is a chasing after the wind. But if I answer that question, I understand that there is this objective purpose to life that was given to life by the creator of life. Now I come to understand that not only is there purpose in life, but that my life, your life, all life has meaning, has purpose. And we need to understand the implications to that answer. 
Because if we as Christians are going to live consistently in that knowledge, we need to understand what Scripture says. Richard Dawkins' life has purpose. All life has purpose. We, the Christian, also struggle living consistently in our worldview. So when we look at that question and we say, does life have purpose, and we say yes, do we truly understand the implications of that answer? Do we live consistently with the implications of answering yes? Do we value others? Because God does. God himself says all life matters. And he said so by sending his son to die for every life. To offer his life as a sacrifice for every life. To pay the penalty for every life. God said every human life is valuable in his eyes. Stephen Hawking, or Stephen Hawking and Richard Dawkins are valuable in God's eyes. And we, when we answer yes, confess the same thing, that they are valuable in our eyes. But we don't always live consistently within that worldview, do we? Because you can name a population in our culture that possibly you don't value as much as your own, one that's different, one you consider less than. And the Christian worldview, when you answer yes, you're saying all life matters. In fact, Paul says consider others better than yourself. That's the life that Jesus led. He considered everyone else's life above his own. He considered your life above his own. And he says to go and do likewise, to go and live consistently in that knowledge of what he's done for you. And so we go and we consider one another better than ourselves because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because we've understood, as he has revealed, that life does have a purpose, a purpose that he himself has given it. He himself has said every life is significant. Every life is significant. And as the Christian, when we say yes, that's what we're saying. And so as we return to that question, does life have purpose? And if you consider that answer to be no, does not now this question become extremely important? Does God exist? Because if God doesn't exist, life has no meaning. There is no purpose. This life is absurd. But if he exists, well then, that changes everything, doesn't it? Come back next week and let's explore that question together. Let's continue to explore those questions. Maybe I didn't answer every question you had this morning. It's a deep, deep subject and I know there's more questions. I would love to talk with you more about that. I would love for you guys to get into a small group so you can explore that question together. And I want to encourage you to come back each and every week of this series so we can really address these questions to understand the implication of our answers. Amen. Would you pray with me?